Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Are you a startup? Wearable company? Don't know where quite to go from here? Well, you have the questions, and Spectrum Ergonomics has the answers. Go to our company website at www.spectrumergonomics.com and click on the link wearables. There you'll find a wide variety of services and other contractors that we work with to help make your product become a reality. We're here to help you through the process of iteration to packaging and beyond. I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of You Wear It Well. And on today's show, my very special guest has developed quite a life-saving, and I don't say that lightly, a very life-saving wearable. And his name is Hemi Rayam, and he's going to tell you all about it because he's the one that dreamed it up and is now making it into reality. So, Hemi, the show is yours. Hi, everybody. My name is Hemi. I'm uh, basically an entrepreneur. This is my third startup. I've got uh, two degrees in mechanical engineering and one degree uh, even in MBA as well. Basically, as Yopi, start from my own personal story. I used to be a sportman since age of 10, let's say. I played basketball. And then uh, at age of about 30, I uh, turned my cruciate ligament. And to get better, I start running half marathon. This uh, was a decision. And uh, this time, I, I used to be in Australia at this time. And person asked me, hey, you already swimming in, uh, in the university swimming pool. And you're running. Why you are you not doing uh, triathlons? I said, what? He said, triathlons. I said, okay, what do you do in triathlon? I'm playing basketball. What's what?" triathlon is all about. He said, you swim, you ride the bike, and you run. You already do two of this. Why are you not adding a bike and do triathlon? So I had some bike and start doing triathlon. I came back to Israel. We had hardly 100 people in Israel at this time. 
doing triathlons. So I'm a sportman all my life, been in the Israeli army, good shape, not in any risk group from any kind. And one day I felt I'm not, I can't train as I used to be. I even, I continue with the triathlon. I even reached uh, up to half Ironman. And one day I felt I'm not, I can't train as I used to be. And I went to the doctor and I said to him, look, doctor, uh, I'm training, but I'm not feeling as good as I supposed to, to be. And we checked everything apart from my art. As I said, I wasn't in any risk group from any, any kind. Uh, I did the blood pressure, um, didn't have cholesterol, etc. So after about six months of checking almost every illness on the planet, he decided to send me to a, a grammatic test. It's something that I used to be used to do every year enough. And when I went to this test, uh, the technicians there didn't like the results. Luckily, was a cardiologist in in uh, this place. He showed him the result, and the guy said, "Listen, take this guy immediately to the hospital." They took me to the hospital, and then uh, in the hospital, they did to me echo. You know, they're looking uh, into echo heart, looking into your heart, and then they said, "Okay, we will get you centralized." It was Thursday. I said, okay, we will do it on Sunday. When I came on Sunday, the head of the department said to me, we didn't find anything uh, special to your body during uh, the weekend, but you are complaining and you already got uh, a queue. Uh, You are on the queue, so we will centralize you. And then he came out, uh, he centralized me. And after 10 minutes, he came out, he said, Listen, guy, you surprised me. You have four blocks of more than 19%. Up to three, I'm putting a stent into your heart, but four, I can't. I send you over to do a bypass operation. And this is how I got into bypass operation. Like, uh, I was lucky I didn't receive an heart attack, and this Probably because I was trained. When they sent me to the hospital, to the other hospital, for this uh, operation, I met a professor in the department, Been uh, spoke with him, and he said to me, listen, you had many, many signs before you came to us. And uh, try to think, to think back and to see if I'm correct. And I said, I was thinking for a minute, I said, yes, I had many, many signs. Even a year and a year before the operation, I had some signs. A distance I couldn't finish, pace I couldn't reach, things like this. So I, I, used, I told myself, listen, uh, probably you are not training as good as you're supposed to train. You have to train more. I didn't even think that something is wrong with my heart. Okay, I never smoked. I wasn't in any risk group of any kind. Being uh, operated, came out of the hospital, and I said, okay, if I had some signs, someone else also have signs before he receiving an heart attack. 
even a year before the heart attack, as I had. I started asking cardiologists, and they said, yes, probably there are many signs before you're saving an heart attack. So I said, okay, I was monitoring myself all the time with the heart band, and the heart band didn't tell anything that something wrong with my body. So if there are signs, we should know about them. And if our band can't tell about them, we need to find a different way to find these signs before we're getting into heart attack. We can avoid heart attacks. So I start looking for per parameter. Because I was a sportsman, I, I knew uh, that oxygen consumption is regarded as the best inner uh, physiological uh, parameter to look at after him. And also Cardinal said that oxygen consumption is the best way to know that there are blocks in your artery corner. I said, okay, if this is the most important parameter, we should monitor it. However, at this time, the only way to monitor oxygen consumption was with a mask on your face. Going to the lab, putting a mask on your face. And this was the only way. I said, okay, if this is the only way, can't be that in our sophisticated body, there are, as a parameter, they are changing in correlation to the oxygen consumption. I started to look for this parameter, and I found there is a parameter in the blood changing according to oxygen consumption. I said, okay, if this, let's say, but this is in the blood. Let's see if the parameters that I can find are not in the blood. And I found that there are parameters in the sweat, the potassium. Basically, I'm speaking about potassium. The potassium in the sweat is changing in correlation to potassium in the blood. And potassium in the blood changing in correlation to oxygen consumption. I said, okay, if I am able to monitor the potassium in the sweat, I have been able to measure the, the oxygen consumption because they are in relationship. So at this time, I joined with my old friend, with we used to be to working to, together, Dr. Menachem Genut, which is my partner to establish YOPI. YOPI stands for Your Online Personal Instructor. We would like... Yopi to be supporting you in your training. So we start looking for a way to monitor electrolyte in the sweat. We found that we are able to, to do it, and then we established Yopi. About six years ago, we raised the pre-seed money, we started developing, and after about almost three years of working, We've been able to, to develop the first prototype that are measuring the sweat and measure the electrolyte in the sweat, which is the pretty complicated way to monitoring electrolyte. There isn't any sweat sensor in the world currently. So at this stage, we developed the initial algorithm that can translate the changes in the potassium in the sweat to oxygen consumption. This is how we reach EOP. And basically, EOP is as a wearable. You put it on your arm, start training, and when you're sweating, it measures 
the change in the potassium and sodium in your sweat. And from this, we have an algorithm that we developed that know your oxygen consumption, your decarbonate deportation, and other things that can be good first for people that are training on one hand. And second, which is the most important thing, this is the reason we develop YOPI. We able to let people know in advance, even six or more months, that they are adding to heart attack. Because what's happened to you when you have blocking in your artery coronaries, your oxygen consumption started reducing. And then we can identify it. If we are following you, we can identify that uh, the level of oxygen consumption during the same training that you used to be is decreasing. We, we will be able to let you know in advance that something is wrong or we can find these signs. As I said, it's not happened to you all the time. We can see in one training, suddenly there is a deduction in your pace. In other training that you used to be, we find you stopping on the way, okay? This is a sign. So, and when we're collecting all the signs, we said we can tell the person, okay, look, at this date, we happen to use this. At this date, happen to use this, okay? Uh, at this date, we happen to use this. About five things that happened to you, three to five things happened to you in the last month or so. We think you should go to your doctor for a checkup. Yeah, that's a fantastic story. That's what got me very interested in wanting to have you on the show is that you took what was a very surprising and life-threatening situation. Of course, very surprising for somebody who was so fit and training for triathlons, but not quite feeling right. And I can tell you as a medical person, there's a lot of people out there that are probably walking around right now not feeling right. Something's just not right, but they don't do anything about it. And I think this particular device would certainly give them a good reason to go do something about it. If somebody can notify them through an app on their phone to say, hey, we've noticed, like you said, uh, you've had so many days now where your VO2 is dropped. So the oxygen level is dropping. That might be a good enough incentive for them to say, no, I should go see my doctor. Because that's a very common problem with people here in the United States. And I've had patients that... Well, I don't know if I should go or not, but if they have some hard data like you can supply them, I think that's going to be a real big push for people to go get checked before they have the heart attack, which, as you said, is potentially fatal. Uh, we have good care compared to what we did 50 years ago, but still just depends on your odds. You know, at that point, you may not have such good odds if you keep waiting longer and longer and longer. Like for you, you had all four of the arteries had some blockage. It is amazing that you were still able to do what you were doing. But again, I think your level of fitness that you want through as far as doing all your training probably kept you alive. It probably kept you just yeah. enough oxygenation to keep the heart muscle pumping. And it's really good that you took that situation and then turned around and said, how can we help people? You touched on a point that I like to bring out. It was about a three-year journey for you to get this product into a prototype and start working with that. What other disciplines did you work with? You mentioned that, you know, you had a friend of yours 
that worked with you on it. Were there some other people, other different types of engineers that you brought on board to help you get to the, the prototype phase where you could get something out there and start testing it? Yeah, since then we work additional series until now, okay, to reach a product that we're currently moving it into production, okay? So in the first series, I had to do many things. I had to do to work with a software engineer that, you know, we collect the data. You have to send the data to an application, okay? So this is the one type of software engineer. The other software engineer, the guys that support the application altogether. I had to work with algorithm, algorithmic person that can build the algorithm from the data we collect, okay? And then take the, the, the algorithm that we develop to back to the programmer to put it into the application, okay? And this is one side of, uh, of course, we have to build a, an house into it, okay? So we can put it on your body, so we use mechanical engineering and uh, industrial designer for it. Apart from this, we have to develop and uh, we have to, to have electrochemists as well because to develop uh, sensors that can monitor sweat, it's something very complicated because, as I said, there isn't, there isn't a sweat uh, sensor in the world, okay? You can't uh, phone any company in the world and tell them, okay, please send me your uh, sweat sensor. So we had to develop it from the very beginning in order to manage to, to just uh, measure the changes in, in one electrolyte. You have to have a special membrane that can take only this electrolyte, not the other electrolyte, and measure the changes in the special electrolyte. So we had to develop the membrane and to make it working all the time correctly, okay? At the same level, measuring correctly the changes in the electrolyte, okay? So this was one thing that we have to develop. So this is electrochemical engineer we had to, to have. So basically, we took a bunch of different kind of uh, professionality and bring them all together. And my role as an entrepreneur is to manage them and tell everybody what to do, how we can, can do. And now, as we already got into a steady state uh, uh, in the development, we have to be able to manufacture it, okay? It's not, uh, we are not uh, just an R&D. We would like to to really sell it to people, okay? So this is additional things that we currently work in. And since we've been able to, I said it take, took us to read the first prototype, we needed the series. It took us about additional, almost, almost three years, uh, years to more, about two and a half years, just to get to a level that we can now take it into manufacturing, okay? So we're currently in the stage where we're going to have the first uh, Yopi, which is going to listen to the market first in Israel. 
I believe in the first quarter of 2024. Uh, if the things in Israel will be okay, we don't know. We didn't work for the last two weeks because of the war. But just now we're getting together, start to continue working. So we believe in the first quarter of 2024, we release the first product into the Israeli market. And then we will continue abroad, go to the state. And then we will get into uh, first clinical test. We will run a clinical test in Europe and Israel, Europe and the state for about 1,000 uh, people. And we, from them, we believe we will be able to, to uh, learn in advance that person is heading into heart attack. Well, that's fantastic that you are at this point now where you can do the large clinical testing. And I like the idea that you're taking a look at Europe, United States, as well as in Israel, being able to do that. That way you have a large population to take a look at, because obviously the, the more diverse population you take a look at, you can start to pick up some differences. And then that's where your machine learning comes together to start to put together these algorithms now that can be spread out over a wide diversity of populations. I'm, I'm assuming in some populations there's certain groups of people that maybe sweat more or maybe their potassium comes through at a different rate than other people. So you can put together a really nice mix and be able to get a, a generic sampling and say this is the potassium level that we're going to be looking at that would be in a normal range. This would be low. This would be high. And then you can put all that together. Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services provides a broad array of design and engineering professionals for your wearable project. We feature the following design specialties pattern making, digital textile, athletic wear, sensor, fashion, exoskeleton, robotics, and mechatronics. We also offer beta testing of your wearable in our private clinic. You choose the demographics and sample size, send us the sample, and we take care of the rest. For more information, go to www.spectrumergonomics.com for more information. Hey, if you're a startup, wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast please contact me at my company website www.spectrumergonomics.com I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable well Thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology, and may you wear it well.